I'm Sarah Vine, and this is Sarah Vine's Female Half Hour from L Plus in association with Boots. Hurrah! Hooray! I am joined this week, as every week, by my friend and co-host Imogen Edwards-Jones. Hello. It's still in the country, I see. Have we gone on holiday again? <laughs> no, the children have gone back to school, I know, though. I know. Hooray! Yeah, well, you say hooray, but the thing is... I now have to get my son, teenage son, mm. out of his bed at seven o'clock in the morning, oh. which is like scraping chewing gum mm. off your shoe. My shoe. <laughs> it's not pleasant. No, I bet it smells as well when you go in it there. It smells awful. Yes, it's just, old pizza. It's uh, so many smells that, mm. are, that, no. Yes. And then the terrible driving him, because, you know, he's supposed to go to school on the bus, obviously, but never gets up in time, so then no. obviously I have to drive him. And then he goes to sleep in the car. Oh, what? And I drive along grimly in the rain, <sighs> thinking... Well, I think half you should kick him out halfway before he gets to school and go, Walk! <laughs> What about yours, though? So uh, my yours son went back to school yesterday, obviously, and we were just about to leave, and I suddenly said, where's your book bag? Right. I mean, what do you mean by book bag? Where is your book bag? <laughs> anyway, transpires, dear listener, that uh, he'd left it behind on the games pitches at sports day, and it was found in lost property, <laughs> which shows how much holiday homework he's done. Didn't even notice he'd lost it. Well, mine, I was the night before he was due to... Well, first of all, he lied about when he was supposed to go back to school. What? So he said he was supposed to go back to school today. Right. But in fact, he was back at school yesterday. Okay. And luckily... You checked on the website. <laughs> so, n- number one. Mm. Number two, I said to him the night before, mm. have you got your shoes? Have you got your mm. suit? Have you got your bag? Have you got your tie? Have you got all the things you need? Oh my God, I can't believe you're asking me. Oh my God. I mean, honestly, why do you always treat me like all oh, That conversation. Yes. Then obviously, I'm sitting there at 25 to 8 mm. and he can't find his shoes. Because ah. someone's moved them, apparently. Really? I have no idea who would move his but shoes. But he would touch them. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> anyway, coming up on today's show, Many women, mainly us, mm. deal with aches and pains in menopause. Mm-hmm. And we will be talking to an expert about what's going on and why, if anything, we can do about it. Plus, Liz Truss has taken the reins of the Conservative Party, but what does the future hold for her? Resident astrologer and spiritualist Teresa Chung is going to give us an in-depth political mm. analysis yes. of her star sign. Mm. But first, formerly used by dentists and chefs, nitrous oxide, or NOS, to give it its street mm. name has become one of the most popular recreation drugs used by 16 to 24 year olds. To give you an indication, mm. three and a half tons of NOS canisters were recovered just from the Notting Hill Carnival alone. Anyway, it turns out that this stuff is not harmless. So to talk about that, we're going to be joined now by Dr. Nikos Evangelou, who is Professor of Neurology and Consultant Neurologist at Nottingham University Hospital. Dr. Nichols, mm. Imogen and I were very struck by this because, well, A, we both have teenagers mm-hmm. and B, the Notting Hill Carnival, it was unbelievable Everywhere. the amount of NOS canisters. that were. They used to be just the little silver bullets, mm. but now they're proper big ones. Oh, uh, huge. huge great like the, big like ones. the size of your forearm. Like the size of your forearm. And they're everywhere yeah and it seems to have really exploded they were selling it by the balloon at the carnival so you would buy your balloon of nos and then you would walk off down the street there were teenagers everywhere with these balloons of gas just just i don't know anyway it was quite shocking yeah i've never seen it that 
prevalent in my life or that overt either. And of course, the thing is, it's not a controlled substance, is it? No. But you're not allowed to sell it. You're not allowed to sell it for Are you you know, for having fun, for recreational purposes, actually. So you could potentially ask the policeman around, you know, mm. why you're allowed people to, to sell it. So it's it's very, very similar to, to cannabis, I think, that if you are using, you know, it's okay. But if you are selling it, it's a, it's mm. a different business. Mm. I mean, a lot of the teenagers I speak to, my children's friends and stuff, they say, oh, it's just harmless, it's just laughing gas. You know, it's what they give you when you go to the hospital if you have a, you know, yeah. broken knee or whatever. Mm. But I just wanted to talk to somebody who was an expert about whether that's the case. Mm. What does it actually do to what you? What does it actually do to you? I think the the majority of times, people that they have done a balloon or two balloons, so they have inhaled an amount of nitrous oxide, they, mm. you know, they, they have the, the relaxing effect, they, they, they have all this distortion slightly of the, mm. the, the environment, it is slightly hallucinogenic, the, you, you can get you a little bit of a high that would mm. last for a minute or two, and usually that's all right. Obviously, mm. because you are not really up to scratch, if you have drunk a bit of alcohol as well, you are more likely to fall, injure yourself, and all the usual stuff that mm-hmm. comes with any substance that uh, impairs your your attention and so on. The, the problem is once your one balloon becomes two balloons, it becomes five and ten and, and fifty. And where do you stop and when do you know that this is enough? So what we have been seeing mainly the last six months is increasingly people coming along with significant neurological problems. And I'm talking about weakness of the legs. We're talking about mm. unsteadiness. So the whole thing started and, uh, you know, I feel how social media is, is, is bizarre. So I tweeted that, is there an epidemic? So I started, I did my own call and the, here it is, uh, there is a 17 year old who is paralyzed on the neurology ward from having inhaled lots and lots of balloons of nitrous oxide. Mm. Mm. And this was unheard of. So. You know, in, in neurology, we see people with stroke, we see people with multiple sclerosis, with Parkinson's, but we were not used to see 17-year-olds being paralyzed. And, and is and, that and reversible the, or is it permanent? We, we don't know. We don't know. I mean, it's partially reversible for mm. the majority of people, we think. Mm. But one of the other problems we had is that how do we know what's reversible? So some people will, will improve. Mm. The last patient that uh, came to, to Nottingham, I, I talked to him and he says, oh, I'm better, I'm better. I don't need my crutches to walk. <gasps> but, you know, this, this is the, the difference, you know, so he's better. So I'm not talking about uh, being back to his fitness running and whatever. At mm. least he doesn't need crutches. Mm. So mm. certainly we have seen people that a year later they have not recovered. I have a friend who's a, a doctor who works out of uh, Royal London, and he said yeah. that they've got lots of people, young people who are coming in who are sort of incontinent, like mildly incontinent, or they don't have control over their bowels anymore because of taking too much nitrous oxide. So nitrous oxide blocks this vitamin, this we call mm. the vitamin B12, and this B12 mm. is an essential vitamin that is responsible for keeping our nerve insulation well and functioning. So we mm. have this wrapping around the nerves. The nerves in electric wire, and then around it we have this insulation, and this vitamin is necessary. And because of nitrous oxide, the vitamin doesn't work, the myelin is damaged, so the nerves are not working. 
Very, very frequently we see that in the spinal cord. The spinal cord is the chunk of nerves that we have in our spine. Mm. And, and what do we have? We have all the messages that goes from our brain to the legs, I want to walk, goes through the spinal cord. All the mm -hmm. messages from the skin, from the feet, or I can walk and I can feel the ground, they're affected and they are not going up to the brain. But also in the spinal cord we have the bladder, we mm -hmm. have you know, sexual function, so mm -hmm. people with damaged uh, spinal cord sometimes can develop bladder, pro bladder problems, sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, erectile dysfunctions, you know. So we're talking about, in the worst case scenario, what we have seen, we've seen people having an accident and, and breaking the neck and nothing below the neck is working. So oh. we are talking about the similar type of uh, things that can happen to you if you, if you are using high doses of nitrous oxide mm -hmm. again and again mm -hmm. and again. It's gas and air, isn't it? Because I was given that when I it's was... It's gas and air. It's gas and air. Of course, you know, some people will go and, and try to increase the proportion of the nitrous oxide. So okay. normally we, we inhale it and there is oxygen around it. So even if we feel yeah. unconscious, then you say, oh, you'll breathe air because your balloon will go away. Mm. But once you become into the spiral of I want more and more and more, mm. then people end up doing silly things. I mean, whenever I've had it, I had it once when I had it when I was giving birth and it mm. just made me throw up. Did it? Yeah, I hated it. I yeah. hated it because it makes you feel out of control. Mm. Yeah. Um, yes. I, I, there's a terrible story of a, well, somebody I know, son, who died taking nitrous oxide because they bought it off <laughs> the internet and it wasn't nitrous oxide, so they inhaled it and then had a stroke. Have you heard stories yes. of things like that yes. as well? The scary stuff, the scary stuff, of course, so previously nitrous oxide was produced from the right factory that would be, you know, delivering mm. mainly mm. To, the, to the food industry. There is some suspicion that all of a sudden everybody's trying to make a bit of a profit. So yeah. you can buy this on the internet. So when you buy on the internet, as you know, you, mm. and you, you buy it from a retailer that you can go and you can complain, it's okay, mm. but if you buy from a factory that uh, mm. the factory might be the backyard of, of somebody's house who decided, oh, let's, mm. you know, exploit some uh, youth in Europe or, or in Britain, mm. then who knows, you know, what the, the container will mm. have inside. It's a bit who analogous knows? to what happened with spice, which was that, you know, people started yes. making, uh, manufacturing mm. vast amounts of synthetic cannabinoids. And the, of course, what they do yeah. is they jack up the strength because yeah. they can charge yeah. more for it. Yeah. And there's no regulation. I mean, I suppose, you know, if you can regulate it, at least you could control what mm. people are inhaling. But if you can't, then you can't. It's not addictive per se, though, nitrous oxide. I mean, this is, it, is, it, it, it the, depends the, what you mean addictive. So mm. I, I would argue, so people are talking about the physical addiction. So the physical mm. physiological addiction where, you know, if you are addicted to alcohol, you have the tremors and you have the shaking mm. and so on. And so this is the, 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 the physical addiction. But of course, there is the psychological addiction. I want more and more and more. So what we have seen is people that they have developed problems with nitrous oxide, they have developed numbness and tingling, they have stopped it, and then they've gone back again. And you mm. want more. Right. So mm -hmm. there are many people. Uh, I, I was reading that when nitrous oxide was first discovered and, uh, in the 17th, 18th century, they were advertising it and they were saying that, oh, you'll have one and you will need more, you want more and more. So there is a psychological mm. addiction. Right. So, yes, not you don't have the tremors, you don't have uh, mm. 
the, the pony. But once you get into this habit of doing 50 a day, so mm. my last patient was telling me that uh, with my friends, uh, were sitting down, the people will go to work in, you know, from, from the household, and then they will, they will have these big canisters, exactly as you described, and they will inhale mm. one after the other for hours. What, like cigarettes? Wow. Cigarettes. Yeah, yes, I mean, That's absolutely. Terrible. Recipe for disaster. Recipe for and disaster. How, and how cheap is it? Is it cheap? I presume it's, it's cheap. It's very cheap. It's yeah. unbelievably I mean, it, cheap. It's yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's yeah. known as hippie crack, isn't it? Because mm. it has that sort of yeah. same high. It's very cheap. So people I mean, say that the, the, the big canister, which is a bit scary, you know, you, you can get 80 or 100 balloons and you can get this for wow. 20 pounds or 25 mm. pounds. Wow. So it's... it's mm. Is it similar, do you think, to the sort of epidemic of glue sniffing that was yeah, around when Imogen and I were yeah, young? Yeah, yeah. So when Imogen and I were, yes. were in the 80s, there was a lot of glue sniffing. Absolutely. I remember it very because well. Because it was yeah. so easy to, to, to get hold of. I think, Dr Nickers, we obviously yeah. need some sort of... The government need to have some sort of... They need to take a look at this because it is... I think yes. it is a proper epidemic. I mean, it, oh, really, how many really? numbers are you seeing? What would you say? I mean, you said it's the recently I mean, the, in the, the last the scary bit, months. The scary bit that... Uh, it has been an increase and, and, you know, among the neurologists, it's the degree of, of that we see, the, the, the variable presentation. So we have the paralyzed people and we mm. had one paralyzed last week and we mm. had in Nottingham, we had another one paralyzed last month. But mm. uh, we also had two or three coming to the emergency department with some difficulties to walk in, but they didn't have to be admitted. And then mm. we have a couple of GPs and saying that, oh, they, they come to, to us, they don't want to come to the hospital, but uh, they, they have numbness of the feet. So the scary bit for me is that within a week, here it is five people in my patch in Nottingham. Mm. And, and, yeah. Okay, so that's and, just the tip of the iceberg. No, but, this but, is the but my acid. friend in the Royal London has gone a lot. He's, he said it was rem- it's yeah. obvious that this is an epidemic. And also, for people to actually present at hospital... Yeah, they have re- to be quite ill. They have to, but also that requires yes. some sort of effort on their yeah. part. So that there must be a lot of people who aren't bothering or to present. Or there will be a lot of people who are embarrassed because they know they've been doing something they shouldn't and who yes. won't go to hospital yeah. because that, that they'll is. just think, you know... But the other scary thing that we have found is talking to medics and nurses still people do not appreciate it. So we have had people coming with typical symptoms. Nobody asked them, are you using nitrous oxide? This is for oh. a 16 or, or a 20 year old. Mm. People will say, oh, that's strange. Oh, what, what have you been doing? Just, you know, go and walk about and oh, all these things will get mm. a bit better. So even among the medical community and the healthcare professors, you know, mm. people do not, do not appreciate it. This is the also interesting. Yeah, and lots. I mean, I've spoken to parents about mm. it, and they've gone, "Oh, I, really? No, is that no, no, stuff that's harmless that, stuff." No, so lots of people people don't think it's dangerous. Thank you, Dr. Thank Nikos. You very much. Um, I'm so sorry that you're having to deal with this. Hopefully, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, with your we'll get to yes. We'll turn the volume up on this, and hopefully, yes, some people will take notice. That. Yeah. that was Dr. Nikos Evangelou, professor of neurology and consultant neurologist at Nottingham University Hospital. That was actually quite fascinating quite and um, shocking, shocking, really. Mm. Because, you know, if he says, I've had five in a week, I mean, that's, think of all the people who are not presenting. And also the oh. other thing is, is they're young, these people. They're, you know, they're 16, 17, 18. I, know. I mean, being They've just destroyed themselves. Destroyed themselves mm. for no good reason mm. at all. I mean, it does remind me of the glue sniffing mm. thing. No, you're right. Absolutely right. My friend at Royal London says it's remarkable yeah. how many people are coming in. Yeah. Remarkable. Well, it's clear that they need to 
make it impossible to buy this stuff. I just couldn't believe those huge blue ones. Very massive canisters. They were huge. I and mean, yeah. the little tiny ones you could see, you know, it's almost like a sort of... Single use. Yeah, but you'd crunch. And, mm. You know, you walk down, you know, any street in London and you crunch on them. Yeah, they're like snow. It's like yeah. they're everywhere. Yeah. Every- but the news thing is that this these big canisters. Mm. And like he said, you know, there'll be people in backyards in goodness knows where making this stuff. Mm. Totally Illegal. over... Yeah. yeah. I mean, anyway... From contraception to treating cystitis to menopausal changes, women's health is something you always need to keep an eye on. Boots Online Doctor can help you with that. You don't need an appointment. You can just head to the website to find advice and access to prescription treatment, if appropriate, right at your fingertips. For more information, visit boots.com slash online doctor. Boots with you for life. T's and C's. Access to treatment is subject to an online consultation with a clinician to assess suitability. Subject to availability, charges apply. Now to a subject close to my heart. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Menopause brings with it a variety of symptoms and experiences, but the pain, aches and discomfort that some experience often go unmentioned and unexplained. Not not in my house, they don't go unmentioned. (laughs) I mention them all the time. (laughs) Anyway, joining us now is an expert in the field, Helen Normoyle co-founder of My Menopause Centre. Hello, Helen. How are you? Hello, Sarah and Imogen. I'm very good, thank you. So this whole thing <laughs> came out of a conversation that Imogen and I had the other day. So I've gone through the menopause. I mm. went through it early because obviously I'm an idiot. You're special. And it's not the hot flushes. Mm. It's not the tiredness. It's not the insomnia that bothers mm. me. It's the pain. Mm. Everything hurts, Helen. So like, you know, you're always being told, you know, as you're over 50, you must do lots of exercise oh, yes, and stay healthy. Is, yeah. So, okay, so I go and do lots of exercise and I go and do my reformer Pilates and I go and do my this. And it's just so much pain. Mm. Everything hurts. Like, I can't explain it. If my knees don't hurt, my elbows hurt, but the soles of my feet have recently started yes, hurting. Yes, what is that? The so soles of the feet. That's a whole new <laughs> world of sort of annoyingness. And mm. I get up in the middle of the night to... No, not to actually to go for a pee because I don't need to get up in the mm. middle of the night. Usually it's to let the dog out mm. who's now geriatric and needs to get up three times in the night. And the soles of my feet hurt. And I just <laughs> I just thought we might... <laughs> what, what hope what is, is there it? for us? <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's, and Sarah, it, it sounds like I don't need to say to you, but, you know, aches and pains related to menopause are actually a lot more common than people might think. So we know from some research that the British Menopause Society did that around four in 10 women experience all the kind of joint aches and pains and stiffness that mm. you've mentioned, that they experience it. It's that feeling, and I know exactly what you mean because I have it with my elbow at the moment. It's when it's ouch. It's when <laughs> that stiffness you feel when you're getting up off the chair, probably when you're getting out of bed in the middle of the mm. night. It creaks a little, you know, mm-hmm. not the bed, but your body is creaking as you, as, as, as you get out. Bed, sadly. Um, yes. <laughs> no creaking in the bed no, anymore in my life, I'm afraid. No. <laughs> for now, for now. Mm. So what is it? Is there a chemical reason for this? Because the thing is, once I go to the gym and I actually start doing the movements, yeah. I mean, it's very annoying because obviously I'm in a room with like a, a, load creaky old of, a load of thing. 22-year-olds. But once I've warmed up, oh. it's okay. Oh, I see. Yeah. I know, and that's the thing. So the thing that causes all of the symptoms that we get during menopause, it's the changes in estrogen. So estrogen, the hormone that plays a key role in regulating our menstrual cycle, it Mm. helps to decrease inflammation and it keeps our joints nice and lubricated. And as you know, during the menopause transition, it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down, Mm. and then it's gradually declining. 
or mm. rapidly declining in some cases. And that's what causes the pain and the inflammation. Some women, as we know, as I just mentioned, will experience it. For some, it can be an indication of perimenopause, but there's research that also shows that back pain is twice as prevalent in women post-menopause compared mm. to perimenopause. Oh. So it can kind of happen at any stage, but it's very counterintuitive, Sarah. But as you said, exercising, even though it's probably the last thing you feel like doing, it really does help. <laughs> I mean, I went, I actually had to walk home after my class the other night and I literally had to lie down for an hour and a half. Yes. And I had to cover myself in Volterol. Volterol, really? You know, Volterol yeah, gel. Yeah. Volterol gel has become my yeah. friend. Is there yeah. something we can eat? Yes, what can I do? Can I go going to make it better? Yes, what can I do? Can I sort of eat I don't know, or can I take something? Helen, there must be something like soya, something like that. <laughs> no, chocolate. Uh, wine. Oh, if we could, yes, wine. Wouldn't that be amazing if there was a wine that you could take and just have all your symptoms? Just have, if yes, only, if, they could if have, only. Yes. <laughs> they could have Easter. I think. Wine. I think that's the. Uh, that's the. Is that Carling? If Heineken or Carling? But I think that's the world we'd be, we'd all be living in. <laughs> yes. No, but look, there's a range of things that you can do. Mm. You're doing some of them, Sarah. Obviously, maybe you might be overdoing it, but gentle stretching and exercise, and I emphasise gentle walking, <laughs> is, is really good to keep moving. And as I say, mm. I know it's counterintuitive, but exercise is so important you know, starting to exercise gently and build up mm. the intensity. So weight-bearing mm. exercise are really good because, you know, they are good for aches and pains. They'll protect brittle bones. They may also help prevent osteoporosis, which, as, as mm. you know, I'm sure, is, is, is a risk for women as they mm. go through the menopause transition. Then if you can, practice relaxation and breathing techniques and mindfulness because uh, <laughs> <laughs> Helen, you've if never you can just find... <laughs> I'm just looking at Sarah now, just thinking, this is genius. She's pulling your face. Helen, yeah. I'm enjoying this. Relaxation and breathing, Sarah. Oh, uh, Sarah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk you through a 60-minute deep breathing exercise. Um, so if, if doing that because it can really help with stress okay. and anxiety because they're going to be worse if you're going through it. The other thing I find is that if I take my estrogen pump supplement, mm. which I find that I immediately gain about half a stone. Oh, yes. And that's the other thing is that you're always being told as a menopausal lady to mm. keep the weight down. Mm. And that's quite hard to do. When you're taking estrogen. <laughs> when you're taking mm. estrogen. It seems to fatten me up like a little suckling pig. Mm. Ready for market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that, that's a, that's a the shame. Is this HRT that you're taking, Sarah? Yes. So my nice GP has given me some progesterone to take at night, mm -hmm. which helps me sleep. When yeah. the mm -hmm. which is, works when the dog doesn't wake me up. And then he's given me an estrogen pump to have in the morning. Mm. No testosterone. No testosterone. No. Oh. I think he took the view that there was quite enough of that already in my system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's good that you're, you're trying that and you've got a GP who's really supportive because um, for most women, HRT is the most effective way of managing menopause mm. symptoms in generally, but also in helping the kind of aches and pains that you're getting. Mm. And it might be worth going back to chat to them again if you feel that it's impacting your weight because weight management is key to managing joint aches and pains as well. Um, yeah. Because again, I've looked at this with the doctors in our clinic. I'm not a doctor myself, but I work with, mm. with brilliant doctors in our menopause center clinic. And all of the evidence that we've seen shows that there's no evidence to show that HRT will cause waking. But obviously, if you feel that it's something that you're experiencing with this, there are other types of HRT estrogen mm. out there in the market. It might be I worth don't know. talking I was to your doctor always to that say, very sensitive to 
and if I whenever I took the pill, it mm. used to put make me put on weight. So really? maybe maybe it's the progesterone. I don't know, but I don't know any sort of hormonal contraception, and I would literally swell up like a barrage balloon. Yeah, which was in itself yeah. a form of contraception, obviously. Yes. <laughs> 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 I think you just can't win, can you? No. I mean, <laughs> no. I think just sit on the sofa and eat some chocolate. I mean, that's the way forward. But okay. Are you so thinking, the, Imogen, if you don't move, you don't experience any pain? Uh, do you know what? That's my thought, Helen, exactly. Just sit very quietly Maybe we should still. just sit down and anaesthetise ourselves with wine. Yeah. That's yeah. obviously the right yes. thing. Don't, Helen is I very that's serious. What, no, th- but don't. on a serious note, Helen, I think that's what why a lot of menopausal women do drink too much mm. wine. Because, um, you know, it's just miserable. <laughs> yeah, it can. No, seriously, it can be really tough. And then you think if you have a glass of wine, it'll help you go to sleep. But actually, as mm. we know, it doesn't really help you sleep. It might help in the first hour, but it definitely doesn't help in hour mm. three or four. So it is the, the things that we know and the things that we know are good for us. But clearly, they are far easier said than done. Mm. You know, that gentle exercise and keeping it going, really mm. watching the weight HRT should help most uh, women. You're already using some anti-inflammatory gel rubs with Valterol, yeah. uh, which I'm, mm. I'm using as well, and it's really, really good. But, you know, having a bath, using a cold or a hot press, if, if that helps yeah. you. The one thing that does help is actually having a magnesium bath. Yeah, okay. And any L- supplements you should take, Helen? There's very mixed views in supplements and their mm. effectiveness. And I think mm. the thing is with supplements, it's important to speak to your doctor first because I think a lot of people assume that because they can buy something over the counter, it's safe. Mm. Um, mm. But obviously, sup- supplements have active ingredients as well, and they can um, you know, interfere with other medications. Is there okay. a particular, um, for example, is there something that menopausal women tend to be deficient in? For, for example, I went to my doctor mm. and had a load of blood tests done, and they came back fine, but they said I had literally no vitamin D. Really? No. Yeah. Absolutely zero. And uh, there was something else that was wow. really low. And so the doctor said, you just need to make sure you take a very high strength vitamin D. So I've been doing that. But the menopause tends to be a sort of expression of general depletion, doesn't mm. it? Is there something that we're depleted in? Vitamin-wise. As, 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 as you often hear, Sarah, it re, every, every woman is different, but it's a really mm. good shout on vitamin D um, because mm. I think those of us, you know, who live in England or, you know, in, in the northern north and the northern hemisphere, we can suffer from vitamin D deficiency, mm. particularly in the winter and autumn because there isn't mm. just enough sunshine. Clearly, that wasn't an issue this summer. But, you know, if you can look at your diet and what you're eating, and so dairy is really good for bone health, which will help, mm. and it really will help you with vitamin D, vitamin K, magnesium, phosphorus. Imogen hasn't drunk milk since about 1973, I don't think. Oh, and it's revolting <laughs> stuff. <laughs> So that that's where Imogen it might be. Yeah. But then looking at, you know, um, oily intent fish, which contain vitamin D and omega-3, it might be worth looking at supplements then. So I know our doctors, Dr. Claire, always recommends looking at maybe vitamin D during the Mm. winter and autumn in particular, you know, when Mm. there is less sunshine and when you're less likely to get it. But it's it's back to that kind of balanced diet. So if you don't like dairy, which, you know, increasingly a lot of people don't, Maybe mm-hmm. looking at some supplements for those for vitamin D, mm. vitamin K, magnesium. But if you can get it through, as I say, fish, through richly coloured fruits and green leafy mm-hmm. vegetables, they contain vitamin C, and then animal and non-animal proteins, so, you, you know, beans, eggs, chicken. Really, and, and you probably know, Sarah, from exercising, when you're exercising, just the importance of having protein in your diet. The, mm. These are all things I personally have just learned over the last few years, because I sailed, through, you know, my 30s and 40s, 
oblivious to all of this until menopause, you know, really mm. hit me. And it was a wake up call to, to understand my body, which I'd mm. given no regard to, you know, for about mm. 50 years of my life. No, I know. So understanding, oh my God, do you ever? And then when it starts to act up, you know, mm. you're just completely unprepared, mm. you know, for mm. what you need to do to look after it. So really, if you can start with the basics, we've all got to enjoy ourselves too. So of course, you know, I would say I definitely have a glass of wine, but I have it maybe just at the weekends now instead of during the week. Mm. Um, mm. So it's just about all things in the right quantities, you know, in moderation. The other problem with menopausal women is that we're all obsessed with trying to keep our weight down. So people tend to sort of start dieting or they start cutting foods out and stuff like that. And I mm. think that's probably quite dangerous. Yeah, I I think if you can change your diet as opposed to going on a diet, and it might take longer, and it might be, you know, I know before, you know, I could lose two pounds in a week really easily. Oh, my God, if I could lose it in a month now, you know, I'm thrilled. Um, (laughs) It's just maybe accepting that your metabolism has changed and your body's Mm. different. Um, I like the idea of changing your diet rather than going on a diet. Yes, changing your diet. It's a very good line. That's a very good line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Thank you very much. You haven't resolved the question of why the soles of my feet hurt. That's just a mystery because Imogen has it too. So either we have soles of feet disease Mm. or... It's a very special disease. (laughs) Special disease. Yeah. But um, thank you. What are we going to do? People can come to the website though. So, so my menopause center is that. It does, do you have a website for that? Does it have lots of jolly, super helpful information? We do, Sarah. The, the website is www.mymenopausecenter.com, and we look at about forty symptoms of menopause. And exactly to the discussion Ooh. today, we explain what causes each one. You know, how many other women typically experience them, and, and what can you do to treat them? So, looking at everything from diet, exercise, HRT, medication, and, you know, where supplements can be helpful and there's evidence uh, we mm. show that. It's, it's all been written by doctors, Dr. Claire Spencer. It's all evidence-based. So we, we, we don't do any kind of woo-woo on the website just because, you know, people can end up spending a lot of money on stuff that's not particularly helpful. Thank you very Thanks, much, Helen. Helen. That was Helen Normoyle, co-founder of My Menopause Centre. You're listening to The Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine, and Imogen Edwards-Jones. You can visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces, and more. And if you want to get in touch, you can tweet us at mailplus, me at Westminster Wag, or Imogen at Imogen EJ. This week, Liz Truss was elected leader, Mm. so she's our new prime minister. Indeed. Uh, And here to tell us, obviously, because Imogen and I are very serious political people... (laughs) And I know that, listener, you can always expect very serious political Mm. punditry from us. So what we've done is we've asked Therese Chung, our resident astrologist, to come on and tell us what's in the stars for Liz. Liz. Now, Liz is a Leo, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, Theresa? Absolutely. Classic Leo. And I understand that she has a very... Interesting Aries stellum, whatever the hell. What's that? that What's a stellum? I know. What's a stellum? It's very uncomfortable having a stellum. It sounds most unfortunate. But she has many Aries factors. Well, I mean, I love astrology because she is such a classic Leo, just as Boris was such a classic Gemini, you know, the trickster. Mm. And now we've got the Leo, regal, self-assured. Indeed, for her day, um, you know, the, the sort of the mantra I give is, let me make this clear. This is who she's born to be. But, you know, there are types of Leo that kind of go into the lazy, relaxed lion mode. She's certainly gone for the classic, I'm noble, I'm regal. And I absolutely enjoy her wardrobe choices, sort of, you know, going to really like political insight here. She chose purple. 
on her very well, she has got Yeah, feet. she has got a fabulous figure, actually. Mm. Purple mm. is the colour of, of... The emperor. Of, 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 yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, but it's, it's the purple of, of royalty. And of course, she's a noble lion. You know, she doesn't realise she's tapping into that. You know, royalty, authority, enlightenment, upliftment. It's also a very spiritual colour. So she's very clever what she's done because she's appealing to people's sense of grandiosity, their desire to evolve and improve. And she just did that in that one wardrobe choice, not choosing the blue, as you'd think. But mm. the purple, that was so clever. Um, you know, and I've got all the associations with purple, like purple haze, purple prose and all that, which is exaggeration mm. and upliftment. So I, I found that really interesting. And then Do you I think she was doing that subconsciously, though? Do you think, or do you think, think it was conscious? I think she's very, very in tune with who she is. I mean, the biggest love mm. affair in her life is herself. And that's <laughs> what her big warning sign in her... She needs a, a bit of humility and humanity because she is yeah. so frighteningly... Filled with self-belief and self-assurance. Mm. It's the day of self-assurance. I call this birthday the 26th. Now, if you look at people born on the same day of her as her, it's really interesting. Mick Jagger, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. This is the 26th Hello, of July. Is this 26th of July. That is unshakable July, yes. self-belief. And Helen wow. Mirren. Look at her. Longevity oh. and shock Peacocks. is the theme. Peacocks. And Sandra yeah. Bullock. That's, that's a lovely side of it because she could, I hope she tunes more into her Sandra Bullock energy, which is more the charming, the lovable. Yeah. She has got it in her, but she might go because, you know, the thing is surrounded by a nest of vipers and mm. her biggest problem is going to be the men who are not going to be as supportive in coming months. We're going to get a lot of sackings and firings. It's going to be quite a shocking time ahead with Uranus and think? Taurus for her. But she's certainly channeling Thatcher. And remember, Thatcher had an uphill battle too. And I know a lot of people have said, oh, she'd be gone by Christmas. Don't count her off. You know, she's also at that age where women are very, very feisty. A dose mm. of haggitude, I call it. And she, mm. she's really <laughs> growing. <laughs> Imogen and I have got plenty of haggitude. I like that, haggitude. <laughs> she's at that age where she's going to get the attitude and the authority and it's just I don't care this is me well she's clearly very hard working mm. she uh, you know went to Oxford and mm. did PPE or whatever mm. she she's did. a dynamo she is mm. a dynamo and she's got more to come you know this is just the beginning yeah, I mean, I'm interested that you say she's going to struggle with men in the cabinet yeah. I mean because Loyalty is a really yeah. important... Is, I mean, you can see by the way she structured her cabinet mm. that she's not tolerating any dissent. And she's right about that, by the way, with the Tories, mm. because you've got to rule with an iron fist, because they are... That's going to be a big threat, of, the, the threat from within. Yeah. It's real Game of Thrones now. And yeah. I love the fact that that House of Cards TV series was abandoned because they said that real life and politics all over the world was getting more interesting than mm. so that, you know, that, you know, that series. True. And it is. It's going yeah. to be Game of Thrones... We're coming yeah. up, you know, and she has to watch her back. If anyone can do it, she can. You know, right. she's got longevity and shock yeah. value and charm. You know, think of Mick Jagger, how he's carried on. She's very mm. tenacious. When you have a conversation with her, if she doesn't agree with something, she, do, she doesn't do that thing that a lot of people do, which is that they try to make the person talking to them feel at ease. Mm. With her, uh, it's very clear that she's right anyway, so right. it doesn't really matter what okay. you think or say. She's right. Absolutely. She'll happily listen but, to you warbling on, but mm. she won't try and argue with you mm. because she knows that she's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> but Does that make sense? To be voted back in 2024, her confidence and her regality needs to be appealing, not overwhelming. Mm. So people need to feel yes. um, motivated, not cornered. 
and that's my concern with her. As I said, her yeah. key lessons in life, her life lessons for people born on 26th of July, so if you are listening and you're born on the same day, is humility and humanity. If she mm. can tick those two boxes, and, mm. you know, it'd be interesting to see what she does with the environment as well, whether there's going mm. to be, you know, backflips on there. And it'll be very interesting if she can just heat that, then she's, she's, mm. she's going to be good. She's going to be really strong for the mm. party, mm. but she's got the people behind her and her own, <laughs> she's got to understand that her opinion is not fact. That's something that I often struggle with. Well, you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel that pain. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Teresa. Thank you. I love that. That's oh, brilliant. Thank you. Uh, we'll thank watch you this so space and, and we'll have you on again soon. Absolutely. No doubt. Yes, oh, I'd please. love to. Thank you, Imogen. Thank, thank you, Sarah. That was Teresa Chung, our resident astrologer and spiritualist. I thought that was very interesting. Yes. I mean, the fact that your she opinion shared... isn't fact. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, no, it's obviously not. not. Yeah. I'm not even going to bother arguing with you because I'm right. <laughs> um, but the interesting that she shares a birthday with Mick Jagger and Helen Mirren, who yeah. are, you know, well, let's see. If you enjoy listening to The Half Hour, why not visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcast videos, opinion pieces and more. And if you want to get in touch, tweet us at mailplus, me at Westminster Wag or Imogen at Imogen EJ. You have been listening to The Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine and Imogen Edwards-Jones. Thank you for listening. Listening. 